I'm Cassie Meller, and this is Out and About, a DHS Press podcast about living as an LGBTQ teen. Each episode consists of a conversation I've had with a member of the LGBTQ community here in Loudoun County. During the course of producing the first two episodes, I actually came out as transgender myself. You'll hear a little bit of my thought process and experience on that questioning and exploring of my identity as a result. In the conversation I had with today's guest, for example, I talked a lot about gender dysphoria and being transgender in the abstract, and that actually gave me a lot of the courage I needed to finally come out and tell people what I'd known for months but was too scared to say. Recording the episodes gave me the boost I needed to start transitioning from Calvin to Cassandra. In this episode, I spoke with Austin Melia, senior at Dominion High School and president of the school's Gay-Straight Alliance. Uh, I'm Austin, and I am bisexual and transgender male. Okay. And so, are you out? Um, who are you out to? Uh is uh i'm out to well i'm yeah i i've transitioned quite a bit and everybody knows me as austin Uh, everybody knows me as a dude um although uh in more recent times i don't i only come out to people that i trust now that i pass so well um but i'm pretty open about it talking uh, about being trans and bisexual to different people because well, it's just who I am and there's no reason to hide it. So when did you, when were you out to other people versus when did you know yourself? Um, and what were the, what were some of the challenges that you faced in that? That's where my story starts. Um, and it's pretty rough. <laughs> um, I first found out that I was transgender when I was 12 years old. I, that was about it was late 2015, early 2016, uh, when I first started questioning. And I officially came out in March of 2016. So it'll be five years this year in about a month, which is pretty cool. Um, and it, it was rough because, well, I came out in middle school. And middle school is full of horrible things, horrible times. Because people say horrible things. Um, and, uh, well, I was the only out transgender person in my entire grade. So it, it was hard because people, that's what people knew me as. And there was a lot of targeted harassment that happened. Um, and it's, it's difficult because when you, you're still getting a grasp on your identity it feels like you don't have anybody with you because everybody is against you. So it was coming out was pretty hard, but I, I do have a supportive family. Um, but my classmates, not so much. Yeah. Middle, middle schoolers are cruel. I think. Oh, they're um, so cruel. And that's when <laughs> 2016 was when like edgy humor was really popular. Right. And that's when, like, I don't know, society was first finding out, like, what transgender was. I mean, not obviously not really, but that's when it got mainstream in my, like, at least from what I've experienced. And so I was just prime target sign on my back that said, kick me. Like, I was the prime target for everybody. And so that's why it was so hard. 
So was it mostly like social stigma that played into it? Or was it like, like, did you have friends that kind of reacted poorly? Or is it just kind of the general atmosphere at the time? Um, it, everything. It, it was social stigma. So you had people who were like, oh my God, like it's a transgender person. And, ah. and then I did lose some friends over it. Or I lost a lot of friends over it because people didn't understand it or they didn't like it. They didn't know how to react. They didn't treat me with respect. And then, um, yeah, it, it was just the general atmosphere too, like everything combined and, you know, everything's awkward when you're in middle school anyway. So, and like I have social anxiety, so it was just everything. It was a big concoction of (laughs) horrible mess. You said that your, your parents were supportive though. So like kind of what were the things that helped as far as that goes with your family? Like what did they do to support you and help you through that? Well, they helped me by respecting me, which was the main thing. They, you know, write name, write pronouns. Uh, they helped me afford different uh, transition things. So earlier on, I got like you know, binders and um, uh, they would help talk to my counselors and explain what was going on. And then later down the road, they eventually uh, helped me with my legal name change and then eventually starting testosterone uh, hormone replacement therapy, which was just huge help. And I, I'm, I'm extremely thankful that I was able to start so early because not everybody has that luxury. And I'm very grateful that I was able to have such supportive parents to help me through this. That's a, it's kind of interesting because I'm kind of going through a process right now where I'm like evaluating gender and everything else like yeah. that. And I think it's, the thing that kind of worries me and stresses me out about it is that once you're an adult, it's kind of, it's a lot harder to transition as like, just oh, yeah. as far as the like biology goes, like for hormones and stuff. So yeah. it's awesome that like you had a family that supported you and that was cool with starting you on that young. Um, yeah. And the, the helping you through sort of that loss of identity and figuring out like a whole new identity for yourself was probably a huge deal for you too. I mean, or oh, was yeah. it a huge deal? Like, yeah, definitely. I know you went to Catholic school as a kid and yeah. grew up in kind of a Catholic community. Um, did How did that play into all of it? Like with the church and everything, how well, did that make you feel? It was, it was interesting because I said my, my family was very supportive. I mean, my mom and my stepdad, um, my grandparents, which is the house that I grew up in, because that's how I was raised, complicated family life uh, that I won't get into, but um, uh, I was raised at my grandparents' house. So they were like my other set of parents, basically. They were not as well receptive to it because they're very Catholic. And, you know, I grew up in a Catholic environment and it, it really, it really confuses you because you grew up with those people. They're everything you know. Uh, and when one day they don't respect you for who you are, it's like a stab in the back because you don't want to dislike them, but they are not giving you the basic human respect that is crucial to your identity. So my grandparents for a long time didn't accept it due to being Catholic, which is a whole thing. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me because there's nothing in the Bible that says that transgender is wrong. 
um, as much as they think it is, it's, it, there's nothing that religion has to do with it, but it, it makes you feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because you, it's, it's the environment that you grew up in and it's your childhood and it feels like you lose a big chunk of your childhood. And I feel like I had to grow up so fast because suddenly the world felt like it was against me. Everybody didn't like me because of their religion or their personal beliefs. And my own family that I grew up with suddenly didn't respect me the way that they used to. And so religion kind of became a touchy subject for me because I've never discriminated against anyone for their religion, but suddenly people were discriminating against me because of their religion. So I started to feel really uncomfortable by the subject and I've gotten better over time. And my grandparents have gotten better over time uh, about respecting me, but it was definitely a long journey and a long process that didn't come very easily. And it caused a lot of stress. I think one of the, one of the hardest things for me was kind of reconciling my faith at the time with, you know, my sexual orientation and just like I'm bisexual and I was raised in a Mormon household, which is very similar to the sort of Catholic household in a lot of ways. And yeah, just like, I think the, the, the difficulty comes from, you know, believing in this thing and going to this church and being surrounded in a, in a community and, and everything else by basically a doctrine that, that teaches you that you're wrong <laughs> just yeah. for existing. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a continued thing with me and my parents. It's just like trying to reconcile, you know, their beliefs that they still hold that I don't anymore. Um, that like, that I'm not valid in their belief system. I don't know. Did you exactly. run into that? Oh yeah. It was, it was very hard because it's like, it's, it's the question where are they going to put you first or their religion first? What's more important to them? Your bond with your child or your bond with your faith and the conflict, how does that resolve in the end? Like, cause for me, it just, it was such an awkward position because where you were raised is now against you and it it's hard. It, faith is such a complex thing when it comes to LGBT identities because faith is something that's supposed to comfort people and be there for people and guide people through life. And when suddenly it's being used to close doors instead of open them, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. I, I relate completely. Yeah. Um, how's, how's COVID impacted you kind of, as as a trans person, as a bisexual person, like you know, we we lost kind of a lot of the normal pride activities last summer, especially. Yeah. Um, and we haven't had GSA as much this year. We like it, it hasn't been in person at least, um, and we've had kind of limited attendance. Um, so, has it made things easier or harder to be at home more? That's a that's a loaded question because I think it's different for every person. For me. I have, I have mixed feelings because I am an extrovert with social anxiety. <laughs> so <laughs> part of me hates it. Cause I want to be there in person and go do things and have fun and talk to people and make those connections, be there for the community. 
But at the same time, staying at home, I don't have to constantly be at the pressures, the social pressures of being the only, well, I don't know if only anymore, but the most openly out transgender bisexual person in the school. I don't have to deal with the discrimination and the harassment and just the social stigma that follows me. I don't have to deal with that in classrooms, people giving me weird looks, people stuttering when they have to talk to me, um, just feeling like people don't want to talk to me. Um, I don't have to deal with that. I'm fine at home. I, I can connect with the people that I want to connect with. I don't have to deal with those added on social pressures, but I'm privileged. I have a supportive family. Not everybody does. And I know that for so many people, it's been horrible and they've had to stay at home at all times with monitored supervision of parents that aren't accepting, or they've had to come back from college where they thought they were free back to a home where they're now once again in a toxic household. And I, my heart just goes out to those people because I don't fully understand what it's like to have direct family members be so openly discriminatory, but I can sympathize because I had a similar situation and I knew, I, I just know that it's, it's a horrible thing to go through having to be stuck indoors with people that don't respect you for who you are or don't respect your community for who you are. If you're not out and you, you can't be out if you're not out because you're the ones that you grew up with that you love wouldn't support that, or you at least might not support that. So I feel like the coronavirus has had a different impact on everyone in at least one negative way, just more than the other. It just depends on who it is. For me, I have pros and cons, but for others, the cons outweigh the pros and I, I feel very bad for them. So has it, has it been a mostly positive thing for you in particular? Well, I'd say it's all right. I've been okay with staying at home um, because, well, one thing about being a trans male is binding, which is when you bind your chest. And when you go to school, you wake up at like 8.30, at least I woke up at like 8.30, uh, and then you're at the school until like four o'clock if there's no activities. If there are, I would do theater. So I'd be at the school till like six thirty, seven, eight, nine. I would be binding my chest, restricting my breathing for like over 12 hours a day. So when I'm at home, I don't have to go through those. I don't have to go through that process. So it has been better for me in that way. I've been able to, I don't know, give my body a break. Um, and like I said, I don't have to deal with the social pressures of people who don't agree with my existence, uh, having to be around them. So uh, it, it has been, there have been, po it's been positive for me, I would say, in it, uh, on a sole basis of being out because I get to choose who I interact with and I can choose people that support me. So I have a good support system. I think just the the note about binding, I think that there's, that's something that straight people don't often think about it, and cis people don't mm -hmm. often think about is just like the very practical things like that. Like oh, yeah. the practical considerations of being like out as a trans person. Like I know, I mean, I don't know which bathrooms you use, but um, 
like I know a lot of trans people at school have to use the nurse's bathroom and they have that's, to go all the way across yeah. the school to go to the nurse's bathroom all oh, the time. Oh yeah, that's that's the bathroom I use because I've never been comfortable using either of the bathrooms because if I use the female bathroom, people are gonna be like, "What the hell? Like, yeah. <laughs> why is this guy? Why is this guy who sounds like this in in the female bathroom?" But if I use the male bathroom. I'm at risk because I could stumble in there at the same time as someone who knows that I'm trans and be like, Hey, yo, what are you doing in here? And I could risk being assaulted or I could risk being reported. And, uh, it it's, it's a whole ordeal. So I prefer the nurse's bathrooms. They're cleaner. Uh, but it's a hike. If you're in like L 600 hallway, you know, downstairs and you right. got to go all the way upstairs and then all the way across the school, it, it there's no diagonal hallways so you gotta round all the corners <laughs> to go to the bathroom and then you know teachers think I, I don't tell all my teachers anymore because sometimes i just don't need to um people think you gotta go to the bathroom for like five minutes but and i have to go to the bathroom i have to hike it and i actually have to sometimes in my classes i have to run so that i'm back in like five minutes so that my teachers don't get suspicious of me and think I'm trying to skip class. Right. But in reality, I'm, I'm really just trying to get to the bathroom, but I can't because you're just I trying to go to, pee. <laughs> I know I have to go on this huge expedition just to go to the bathroom when other people can just go like five feet down the hallway. There's a lot of disadvantages. So, and I guess that's probably one of the best things about being at home then, like, like you said, is just like mm -hmm. those practical considerations just not having to worry about those as much. I, I don't know. Oh yeah. That must be nice. Being in the, the comfort of your own home and not having to worry about because there's so that oh, that's a really big thing with being transgender is the social aspects. Because there's so much stuff that cisgender people take for granted that trans people have to deal with every day. And that is bathrooms, that is binding, that is how you dress, that is how other people deal with you, how other people perceive you because how other people perceive you is crucial to your identity. And people are like, oh, well, you're overreacting, you know, don't worry about what other people think. It's not that easy when you're trans because if you're not being treated like, you know, with basic respect for your identity, it causes a lot of stress and it can plummet your mental health because that's what I went through when I wasn't respected as much in middle school. I mean, I, had to deal with so much and it was huge social pressure. And when you're already dealing with social pressures of a normal teenager, then you add on all of that other social pressure. It's horrible. Um, and I will say it's gotten better at the years, but that's just me. I know it doesn't always get better for other people. So it's, it's a whole ordeal. So what, what's gotten easier over the years? Like, uh, you know, it was probably really the social stigma you said is really hard at, the, at first. So like what's gotten easier and what's gotten better for you? Well, when I came out, like I said, I was in middle school. So it was a shock and it was huge and it was everything. So I was huge talk of the town for everybody. I think that willed away as, as time went on and people realized, I don't know, I'm just a person. Another thing I think that hugely helped was being able to transition um like legally like with my name change so the wrong name wouldn't be called out in classes and people wouldn't be like who's that or it, you know people wouldn't be reminded um 
And I think probably one of the biggest things was starting hormone replacement therapy because it's a lot easier to misgender somebody when their voice is like up here, like I can't even go high, but it's a lot easier to misgender somebody when they don't look the part or sound the part than when they do. Because I noticed that the looks and the comments and the everything that I got severely decreased after I started hormone replacement therapy, because I mean, I sound like a grown man. It's a lot harder to call somebody like a she or a girl when their voice is deeper than yours. <laughs> Cause I can look at them and be like, dude, what are you talking about? And they'll be like, uh, you know, um, <laughs> and so I think that plays a part in it. And it upsets me though, because it means it shows that people will only respect me for the, for sounding that way. And why didn't I get that respect earlier? You know what I mean? Um, so it still angers me, but, um, it, it, it did get better, I'd say. And also just pe people, I kind of forgot, um, I've had friends that I have known me very personally say that they forgot what my other name used to be. And I'm just like, well, oh, that's great because people are slowly being more accustomed to who I am instead of who I used to be. Um, so I think it's just time also can heal wounds. I, I say that with a grain of salt because that's a very subjective thing to say, but I think it's a combination of a lot of different stuff. Just people just kind of either forgot about me or the shock settled, or it was harder to look at me with a straight face and somehow say that I was a woman. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's a combination. Um, the way I've heard, heard it described before is that gender and gender presentation are social constructs, right? They, they don't actually right. exist in reality, but they right. have very real and tangible social effects. Would you yes. agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. And because I could go off on a tangent about how the gender binary is a recent invention and was a result of colonialization. Please do go um, off. I'd love to hear that. Well, I, I mean, if you want to, if you're comfortable talking about it. I'm, I'm comfortable talking about it. The concept of two genders or two sexes or what anything really, what a lot of people associate with now is um, quite frankly, a new invention um, with European colonialization because countless different tribes and societies of African, Asian, Native American tribes all have way different connotations of gender and expression. There were tons of different gender expressions and identities like Two-Spirit and I'm forgetting on the other names, but I have researched on it. Um, there were tons of different ways that people express their gender and their sexuality. But when a lot of European colonialization took place, they were forced to erase these identities that they had. And the white construct of gender dominated all of society and people were forced to conform similar to how a lot of people were forced to f uh, conform to Catholicism or Christianity. Um, so 
it is I, I would definitely agree that it's a construct because it's different for everybody it may not seem that way now because of our western lens but it's completely different to everybody so i would agree that it's it's definitely a social construct but it's still crucial to people i say that word a lot but <laughs> people's identity is crucial to them it's very important and just because it it's a construct doesn't mean it's not real and to some people it's still very important uh, because if someone were to say oh well you know gender's not real that could easily find someone could easily find an excuse to be like oh well then it doesn't matter what i call you because it still matters to people so i would say it's a construct but it's a construct that needs to be respected because it's there and it should be reformed to not only conform to these um western european ideals so just kind of to to wrap things up um what's what's the best thing about being out you know transitioning and you know people actually starting to kind of accept you for who you are well i think you just answered your own question it's people accepting you for who you are it's being able to express yourself it's being able to truly be yourself without being stopped or being scrutinized for who you are it's the ability to just exist without these repercussions or this controversy or this discourse you is something freeing and liberating about being you and not having to censor yourself or closet yourself it's essential to happiness because when I first came out, I was anxious and I was small and I was always so doubtful and self-deprecating. And anybody that's known me for a long time can tell you that I have completely changed for the better ever since I've been able to come out and transition because I'm not second guessing myself. I'm able to truly exist and persist through anything and not have to hold back. And I don't have to, I, I can exist on the same plane that everyone else exists on and not have to be second guessed. It's just in reality, it is truly about being able to express yourself and be who you are because when you aren't able to do that, it can have severe detrimental effects to you as a person you mentally physically emotionally everything so it it's so important that people should be who they are and not be limited because when they are i mean there's so many different rates of suicide among transgender individuals and violence rates it's horrible and it, that should be worked through and that shouldn't have to be a problem that people have to go through just for being who they are because someone's identity is none of your business. It's them. It's not impacting you. Everyone is themselves and that shouldn't impact your ability to have basic empathy for another human being. So yeah, I, I would say it's it's being who you are and i i wouldn't trade this feeling for anything in the world 
has your has your mental health like improved as a result and have you noticed kind of positive effects on your emotional state and stuff like that oh yeah definitely um i used to not be able to talk to people i used to not want to go anywhere i i was depressed and anxious and everything when i was younger but i've gained so much confidence in who i am and my ability to express myself um and it it's been enlightening i'm who i dreamed of being when i was 12 years old i if i were to walk into my 12 year old self's room and be like hey this is future you he would be ecstatic and so excited uh because i i'm just i'm able to say i'm very proud of how far i've come and it's so important that everyone gets that opportunity and it's just amazing <laughs>